Yo, what up? It's Hollywood Unlocked with Jason Lee Uncensored. I'm Jason Lee. I'm Blue Toulouse, my. Hey, it's DJ Damage. All right, so listen, I'm here. Yes, I'm wearing my gagging sweater. If you're not watching Gagging with Jason Lee on the Hollywood Unlocked YouTube channel, you haven't lived. But uh, let me tell you why else I'm gagging. I'm down 83 pounds. A lot of people have been following me and commenting about my weight loss. And I will tell you, I've looked at some of my old videos and some old photos, and I can't be mad at all the guys that rejected me. You know, I used to no. hold it. I, I I used to hold it. No, I used to hold it against you because blue. I said to these guys, you may not have a job, you may not have a career, you may not have no money, but if you got abs, you'll find love in me. And then <laughs> when I think about it, I wasn't the per I wasn't the person that I was trying to date, so I had to get healthy, and I'm, I'm 83 pounds down, and I'm feeling better, and I'm I'm proud of myself, so. I'm not mad at them. I forgive them. They can't get a second chance, but but I am forgiving them. That's what I was going to ask you. Did any of the old work come back? Like any old booze like hitting you up now? Like, hey, big head? I, yeah, well, they don't call me big head because I'm sensitive about my head, but they do be trying to slide back. They do be trying to slide back. I'm going to tell you what happened last night. I had somebody call me up like, yo, what you doing? Now, I'm not even with the random phone calls no more. And the sad part is that they are now what I used to be because that's how I used to mm. talk to people. But the person wanted to come over. They drove all the way over to my house to cuddle and told me that that's all they came to do. I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. I don't that's cuddle beautiful. with nothing. I'm not cuddling with nothing. I'm not penetrating. That's that's just a waste of time. I might be getting in your business too much, but are you the little spoon when you're cuddling or the big spoon? I don't care how much weight I lose. I'm going to always be the big spoon. Always. I'm going to always be <laughs> oh. the big spoon. <laughs> You know, not, I think you not, should be not. cuddling, Jason. What? So I think I think that cuddling is a sign of intimacy, and that you should let people come over and cuddle you without being penetrated. That means that your heart is expanding. Well, first of all, I'm not getting penetrated, so that's not even a conversation. And when somebody comes over to cuddle with me, you know, am I am I am I confident enough in who I am, and am I secure enough in my manhood to let some man? Uh, be the big spoon. Yeah, I mean you can't you can't put the ladle too close to the. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, you know you can you can kind of you can hold me a little bit just so you feel good. But you know no, we're not. I'm the big spoon. But no, do you guys do you guys believe in cuddling without sex? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, good for you. Okay, so this is a complicated answer. I, in theory, 100% believe in cuddling without sex. Um, I'm just not that great at it, but it's something that I continue to attempt. But what are you cuddling for? Cuddling is, okay, let me tell you what cuddling is for, okay? Cuddling is so the man can rub his lower thirds on you <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> to, get to, to warm you up. So that way you can give him your lower thirds, isn't it? <laughs> Damage, you, you can this. answer this one first because I have too Look, many extra. I'll be down this. for the cuddle nights sometimes because as a man, you got to do a lot of work in the bedroom. So some nights, especially if we didn't went two nights in a row, that third night, you're going to get all this cuddle. That's it. I might pretend. I might rub up on you a little bit. You might think you're going to get some action, but you're getting all cuddles. I'm, I'm going to definitely pump fake you. Sometimes, if you go twice in a the night, then maybe you need to be cuddled so you can have some recovery time. But that doesn't mean the next day 
that you get to come over to my house and just get in bed and cuddle with me for nothing. We ain't watching Law and Order marathons. We ain't watching the Golden Girls. You just came over because the vulnerability of you not having a parent take care of you as a child led you to want to be held. Jason, exactly no. What, he, no, he just spoke my life. No, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> Jason, you know when cuddling is easy? Cuddling is easy if you haven't had sex yet because then it's all part of foreplay. But once you've, yeah, once you've broken that seal, it's kind of, it gets much harder because you know what you're missing. I had women's get, I said women's. <laughs> women. I had women get mad at me because I came over and just wanted to cuddle. They're like, what are you doing? No, I'm just trying to get this cuddling real quick. I need a good night's but, rest. See, but that is sweet. What, sweet. Okay, but that, that, that's because you was a homeless sexual. But, 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 the, but, the, but, the, but the problem damage is that right there, what you did to her is exactly what happened to me last night. You don't get to just come over and lay in my bed and hold on to me because you ain't got shit to do. What the fuck I look like? No, you. if you come over to cuddle, I'm going to fill up your stomach. That's just what's happening. Fill up your stomach? Is that what you said? I don't know what that like, a, like, like a 76 pump gas sta- at the gas station. I thought I was on your side. I take it back. I'm on Damage's side. I have completely. No, nah, but side Jason got some truth to what he's saying. I was a homeless sexual. I remember in college, I lived off campus <laughs> and I would talk to multiple girls. And even if they wasn't trying to give me none, I'm like, no, nah, it's cool. I just come spend the night. Like, we could just cuddle up. I used to love that. Go right to class, just walk right to class and have to drive there. It's something to that. Wait, so you you wait, wait, wait. wait. So, Damage, Damage, let me find out. You was a professional spend the nighter? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And look, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even cross any boundaries. I just need to really stay on campus. So I come in and like, you don't try anything. I'm not going to try a damn thing. I'm going to. So, hold the, so to all tight. the, so all the women out there who thought you was being held tight because Damage loved you, he just needed a place to sleep and store his draws. That's right. That is a horrible story. I hope you're saying this. That's in not bad. Time. All right, so damage. There was never a girl. There was never a young lady when you was at college, and you knew you was using her for a place to lay your head. You didn't feel like this could be the one. This could be the one that I need to fall deeply in love with. Absolutely, Jason. Uh, the one to stay tonight with, so I can get to class. You know, all of them were the one. You know, there was the oh, one. No. It was the piece I needed. It was the piece in between me and school. In graduation, I needed them. So yeah, I felt like they were all very, very special to me. Absolutely. So you're, on, so, you're honor, so you're honoring them all now by saying they're the reason why you graduated college because you had a place to rest. Those sheets, those comforters, those beds, those bonnets got me through college. Get, Salute get the, the hell out of here. Wait, those speaking bonnets. of speaking speaking I hate of beds. This story. <laughs> Speaking of beds, can I tell you that I went to Las Vegas and stayed at the Encore and fell so in love with the bedding that I bought the entire bedding, including the mattress and all of the pillows and duvets and covers and sheets and everything. So now I could feel like I'm sleeping at the wind. <laughs> that was a flex. That's fine. So what I heard was you, you went to a fancy hotel. Yeah, what kind of money? Really? Okay. That's fine, about. Jason. Today no, and Jason's it. rich. Jason, <laughs> read the room. <laughs> Read the room, I was Jason. sitting here hopping bed to bed to stay through college. Are you talking about some stuff at the Wynn? I don't even know what the Wynn is. Is that a hotel? What, what in the well? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but listen, that wasn't a flex. That was low-key an advertisement for all the men watching the show who need a place to lay their head because they're in college, <laughs> and I want to help them seek the fullest potential of their educational abilities. 
I am not a fan of this segment. I believe cuddling should be for intimacy reasons only and not for health. Cuddling, cuddling should be for filling up the stomach. I already told you that. I don't know. You're oh not listening. Gosh. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm alone on this one, ladies. I tried. I really tried. Ladies, y'all all alone on this one because I ain't trying to fill your stomach up. Ladies, <laughs> call me up. I'm, I'm down to just cuddle. Like, I'm down for the just cuddle. Call me up for the just cuddle because you might work close to my job. And I'm going to need you. <gasps> and you see. <laughs> wait, oh my God. wait. So you going to go over there and cuddle at their house so you can get to work faster? You ain't shit. That's the, that's the whole point. You oh know, I love God. the fact that when we have these extended conversations that the audience starts to understand that I'm not the only ain't shit motherfucker here. <laughs> two out of three. I'm awesome. It's two out of three. I'm lovely. <laughs> Blue, blue, blue. I don't care. Look, blue, I don't care how, how you comb your bangs and how much red lip you put on. You ain't shit either. Because I saw you the other day on live burning your candle and talking shit to your followers. And I said, she ain't doing nothing but trying to summon men to her house. So I'm going no, to block you. I'm going to block you from my live, Jason. <laughs> Why? I went to your Instagram and your friend, your followers were like, add Jason, add Jason. I saw you ignore me, but it's cool. Because you know what? Next time I'm going to go live on my shit and talk shit about your live. How about that? I didn't read the comments. I don't ever read the comments. I tell you guys this. I didn't know they were saying that. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, wait a minute. You read tarot cards, but you don't read comments on Instagram? The fuck? I get, I get paid to read tarot cards. I don't read for free. Girl, if you get your Instagram popping, you'll be paid to read your Instagram. That's true. That's true. We'll talk about that later. Listen, I'm a really hopeful person. I'm hopeful that one day I will fall in love with two people and that we will live a life of happiness together. And speaking of love, life, and happiness, my friend, the lovely, beautiful, and extremely talented actress Tiffany Haddish is here. And we're going to get into her love, light, happiness and whether or not her and Common are uh, going to get married or something like that. So welcome, my girl, Tiffany Haddish, to the show. <laughs> look, what up? Look, yo, you know, it's so crazy. You and I literally can talk for hours and hours and hours. We don't need to do an interview because uh, you're always good energy. You always uplifted me. You taught me it's okay to receive uh, love and to say I love you to people. I hung up on Tiffany accidentally yesterday, and I called her right back. I said, I love you. And she, it's just, she, see, I'm getting better. She's trained I'm you. Proud of you. I'm proud of you. It's okay to give love. When you give love, you get it back. No, I love it. No, Blue is new to the team. She knew the squad. We did a photo shoot. She put her arm around me, and I was like, hold on now. This is a little too much love. <laughs> That's how they you used the picture, though. Kid. That's how you was a foster kid. You ain't used to getting that love. No, I know. And the last time you and I did an interview together on Fox, so the first time we did an interview together on Fox, so we were actually talking about um, foster youth and, uh, you know, after reading my your book and reading my book and sharing uh, all of our vulnerable stories, so many people I'm sure have reached out to you and they're reaching out to me about how our stories help people. Um, did you know, did you know that you were going to become an advocate for foster youth when you were in foster care, coming out of foster care? I knew when I was in foster care that I wanted, If I, I always tell myself, if I ever get any kind of power, I'm going to try to make sure no other kid feels the way I feel. I'm going to try my best to try to mm -hmm. make sure they feel like a person, make sure they feel like they're mm -hmm. on an adventure, a traveler. Now, Tiffany, was it you or Jason that was talking about the suitcases with the foster youth where you said um, when you would move from place to place, they would put all your clothes in the trash bag? That was definitely me. And Jason went through it too. Don't play, I did. Don't play like I did. Now, 
Oh, and I look when I was going through that, it really felt made me feel like garbage. And I was like, look, when I get older, I'm gonna figure out something. I'm gonna do something. And so I started a foundation, um, and it's called the She Ready Foundation. And I give out suitcases to foster youth. Actually, just a few weeks ago, um, I gave out like 200 suitcases out in Lancaster um, to a bunch of kids. And you know, it's kind of difficult now with COVID and everything. So. We had a, like That's a drive-through, so people would drive the foster parents and social workers were driving the kids through, and we put the, the suitcases in the trunk of the car, and went ahead and got these kids these gift cards so that they can put things inside the suitcase, so we didn't have to, you know, contaminate. It's amazing. Let them. But you, but want. you know, until you told that story, because you know, you were one of our. Well, I think you're our only live interview that we've had in front of an audience when me and Damage were there, and you had said that. And you had talked to us privately about the foundation, even as a uh, person who's been in a group home and a person who's worked at group homes. I never really thought about the garbage bag thing, you know, and there's a lot of kids like us, like you, me, Kishko, uh, who've gone through the system, who felt abandoned to only get in a place and move and move and move and still be treated like trash. And so I just thought that that was so creative because it's the small things that will change a kid's outlook on how they see themselves. And I know that has to be one of them. Yeah, it, it definitely is. I remember that day when someone gave me a suitcase. It changed my whole mentality. I started like, well, I'm not garbage anymore. Now I'm a traveler. Now I'm on an adventure. I'm a visitor now. Aww. Like I'm visiting these people. And I don't have, and even if it's bad or if I'm not comfortable, I don't have to be here forever because I'm a traveler. I'm on an adventure, you know? Mm-hmm. And then that gives you a, a little bit more confidence, a more sense of pride, more value in yourself. And I think it's so important for our children to feel valuable. And foster kids are so resilient as it is. And if they had a little value on top of that, who knows? They, I, well, I know. Look, look at me. Look where I'm at. I, if I could get here, oh, and these kids are so much smarter than me. Oh, my God. It's going to be amazing. The future will be great. It's one of those things where I, I remember sitting in the in the barn at the boys ranch feeling hopeless and feeling like you know I was never going to go home it just seemed like it seemed like an endless experience and then to get out of there and and understand what it, the 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 stick to it in that it it created it, I created within myself that I had to just keep going to survive and then now getting out and being successful and looking at people like you is just such a reminder for all the other kids uh, that are out there watching who have been in our shoes that like you're great now and you're going to be greater later. You just have to go through the process and always, you know, never lose uh, hope and never lose sight of who you are. But what I like, and you are so correct. And what I like to tell the kids is like, you are valuable. The, the state is paying so much money right now to keep you alive. All them other kids that got mamas and daddies, ain't nobody paying their mamas and daddies to make sure they stay alive. <laughs> right, right. Facts, facts. You are resilient. You're already, because you're in this situation and you are still alive, that means you're stronger than the average child, right? So you shouldn't be just so easy to like fold over or quit on yourself. Like you can't quit on yourself because yourself is what you have, right? And like, just because you don't have a mom, just because you don't have a dad, does not mean that you are weaker than or less than anybody. If anything, you're more valuable. The way that you and Jason talk about 
being in the foster care system, I find it heartbreaking. Don't be jealous. Don't be jealous because you didn't grow up in foster <laughs> care. I ain't never ran up on nobody and said, don't be jealous your ass wasn't in a group home. But now <laughs> I'm tell you, I was, I, was a, I was a latchkey baby. So for me, I was like, I felt like I was one step removed. But I, was, I have a question to ask both of you, actually. What advice would you give to somebody who wants to be a foster parent? Because we hear so many things about how when things go wrong, but I have a couple of friends who actually want to become foster parents. And I think you guys would be the perfect people to give advice about how to love a child who's been through all of that. Don't do it. Don't do it. If you're only doing it for the check, period. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Mm. If you're doing it for the check, you're doing it for the wrong reasons and you don't need to do it because you're going to make things worse. But if you're doing it because you care because you want to see a child grow and prosper, because you want to take the knowledge that you have and put it into someone, a, a little person, and watch them use that knowledge for good, then go for it. And you know what? You know what I can't stand is that they make you, like, I'm I'm signing up currently to be a foster parent, right? And then eventually Yay. I want to have And they make you take so many classes. You got to do 40 hours of parenting online. You got to do this. You got to do so many things you have to do in order to become a foster parent. And I'm like, why are they like teaching this now? Why don't they teach this in junior high school? Mm. Why don't they teach this mm-hmm. in high school? Because if they taught people how to be parents before they become parents, maybe there'd be less kids in the foster care system and parents would be better than parents. I mean, Tiffany, that's what we do in t- school wait, wait. anyway, right? I mean, I mean, we learn how to do the job before we get the job, right? But we don't learn that in anything else. They won't give you these skills in anything else in life. But no, I agree with you with that. They don't teach ethics. They need to teach ethics in school. They need to teach, like, you know, confidence in school, like communication skills in school. Emotional intelligence. Yes. Yes. But, yes. But Tiffany, let me tell you, the other day, I swear to God, but you, I think you were in Hungary or Turkey or, or Istanbul. I don't Budapest. know. Where, Budapest. Budapest. I don't know Jason. where you, I don't know you, where you was at, but I know I was going to call you and tell you, you know what I really would love to do with you? Like what I think we would, I mean, I don't, you're too busy or maybe you're too busy for this, but I was thinking the other day, I was like, let me call Tiffany and see if she would want to open up a chain, like a, a group home chain. Right, and the reason why I thought about that—wait, wait, hold on, but let me let me tell you, let me tell you why. Well, hold, wow. on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because that's the other project that you're working on that you could bring up if you want to. But I was thinking, how amazing would it be, along with that group home, there was a like a like curriculum built too that wasn't us waiting on the system to come up with the solution, but like whether it's charter based or it's just a a school for the for the group home, a system that has creative arts and academia, like. Who better to do it than me and you? That's a beautiful idea. Right? Oh, I love that. Right? Let me tell you something. Okay, so, you know, like I've been telling you, every time I do a movie, I try to buy a building, right? That's my goal. Like, every time I do a movie, buy a building. Put the money into the land. Buy buy buildings. So, I'm trying to accumulate enough where I can start. And I'm trying to, my sister is right now going to school to get her degree and everything because you got to have, you know, license, certain type of licenses and whatnot. And so she's getting her license and stuff. And we are going to open up some group homes. And that is exact. Boy, yes. when I tell you, I'm going to make sure these kids come out so ready with the financial literacy. I'm going to make sure these kids come out. They're going to be so dope. And and, and I'm going to make sure they have the parenting classes. The classes that I got to take, I'm going to make sure they take them same classes. Because you know what's guaranteed? Guaranteed, you're not going to use trigonometry. 
Guaranteed, you're not gonna. You're not gonna use algebra. You're not gonna use algebra. You're not gonna use geography. Geography. I use GPS. I mean, you definitely need some geography, Jason. Jason, come on. You need geography. You need geography, Jason. You need geography. Wait, can I, can I say something? Can I say something? And I know this you is going to sound far. stupid. I know I know this is going to sound stupid. Can I say this? I don't hey. even know what geography is. Like, I would have to really yes, sit down do. and think about. Yes, oh, my no. God, Jason. No, no, listen. No, listen. When I was in the group home, when I, when I was in the group home, the only destination I need to know was where is my social worker? Where is the f- fire escape? I I don't know geography like that, so I know I sound stupid <laughs> right now, but I'm di- I did okay without knowing geography. Well, oh man, you need to know it. You need <laughs> it's to know important geography. to know. What is geography? What is geography? What is it? Oh, the shape. Geography is the shape. Oh my god! Somebody said the shapes over there. <laughs> the shapes. It's the near side leading the blind. Are you serious? Wait, and, and wait, and, and here's the crazy part. This motherfucker over here got a whole ass degree. This is why I just left school, got my GED, and went to work. Oh my! He memorized no. the test. That is not geography. It's the location of different places. It's knowing where different places are in the world. Like where is Canada? Where is mm-hmm. South Africa? Exactly. Where is you know, uh, North America, where is South America? Where is, you know, California as opposed to New York? Where is it, you know, knowing well, where... Well, I mean, listen, I, I I got Google Maps. I, I, I The point well, is, we didn't... Wow. Yeah, you know, you can, now we have access to phones, but you know what they, I really think is necessary <laughs> is parenting classes. That's yes. what's guaranteed is yes. you're going to have sex. People going to have sex and they're going to make babies. That's the yes, main thing I think they need to be teaching. And you're definitely going to interact with other people. So ethics, you know, social skills, things of this nature is definitely something that needs to be teach. And then how to count. And you definitely need Absolutely. to know how to read. That's super important too. But I think there's another class you could teach. and It has to do around nurturing your imagination. Like you just talking about how when you got your suitcase, you became a traveler. I think that's so important for anybody that's coming up to learn how to mm-hmm. expand their minds because I feel like that imagination is why we have the Tiffany Haddish we're looking at today. It's that imagination. I think you should definitely. It is the most important thing. And so many children have that and they get shut down so fast because they're like, man, stop talking to yourself or that's not okay. Or this is that. What are you doing? That's dumb. Don't do that. No, no, no. You can't sing. Like all these different things that you tell kids no to that, which you really should be saying yes to or showing them how to use that thing. Mm-hmm. So, so, so yeah. my friend, Rob, he, you know, he came to the live um, event where we interviewed you and he's an actor and uh, he's working with me now here in my business too. But he had, uh, told me that he saw your interview with David Letterman, which I saw as well. And he just fell even more in love with you because what I love about you in interviews at first, when it was you and, uh, he in love with me? My ring. Oh, no, no. Oh, 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 no, no. He's gay. He ain't in love with you like that. I don't but, care if he's gay. Where's my damn ring? Listen, I'm going to tell him to get you a ring. We might have to go to the pawn shop, though, because, you know, we got to get it on discount. But look, you know what he said? One, one thing I, I remember when you first started doing interviews and telling stories when you were doing the press for um, uh, Girl Strip, all your shit was so funny. And it's still funny, but it was just so funny, like belly aching funny. But now... You're literally giving gems away. You're being vulnerable and transparent. You're showing people the human side of Tiffany Haddish, which takes a lot of courage. But in that interview, you got emotional, um, talking a lot about your past. Why do you choose to be so transparent? Well, because it's easier. It's easier to be transparent. 
Uh, it is very hard to be fake. And I think that's why, like, when people be hating on me or whatever, I got negative things to say. I feel like in my mind, I've decided that they're jealous that I can be myself and still have a career and make a living and they have to be. Fake. Amen. That's what that's I'm facts. Saying. You know, that's and it's facts, like, yeah. if you be, if you be yourself and everybody ain't going to love you. Right. And it's not my job to make everybody love me. That's not my job. And that's not anybody's job. Everybody is not going to love you. But what you can do is be yourself. And that is the easiest thing to be. It is the less stressful <laughs> of the <laughs> options out here. It's difficult to be fake. It's difficult to pretend like you're always happy. It's difficult to pretend like, oh, nothing bothers me. I'm so strong. Like that shit. And that's not real. And that's, mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm so tired of watching people on TV and in these movies or in these interviews acting like life is like so good or, you know, trying to just over dramatize or they talk like this when this bitch knows she talked just like me, but when she gets in front of the camera, Oh my God. So it's, you know, what I've learned in my journey and what I've done with my life. Like, stop. <laughs> stop you know, oh, I went to Harvard and I did this and I did that. But then as soon as she having a conversation with me, she like, bitch, when are we going to the club though? Like, yep. and then she, like, and then you wonder why the bitch looks so old so fast. Cause you out here wasting all this energy being fake. But isn't that the trait about you though, that everybody loves? Because it's not just, you know, me or Kevin or, you know, Regina or Latifah. It's Ellen. It's Jane Fonda. It's Reese Witherspoon. It's all, it's a wide array of people. I think the thing that makes you so likable at least i can say for me there are times out here like i feel like i'm I'm about to just blow shit up on a daily and i don't want to fuck with nobody and then i think damn what would tiffany do you know and you have such a big heart that's the trait though that makes everybody love you right i I guess probably and my honesty and i don't know why i don't know i think i bring joy that's my job like I feel like God put me on this earth to bring joy. And, the, and I think the best way to bring joy is through truth. Mm-hmm. And even, to, even though some truths hurt, if you can figure out how to deliver that truth in a humorous way, it's great. And I'm going to tell you, when girl, before Girls Trip and during Girls Trip, those interviews and all that stuff I was doing, I was trying my best to play um, dumb, trying my best to you know be like, hey, guys, hey. And I, I was getting tired. Mm-hmm. I was exhausted. And I'm like, that's not who I am. And I just need to be who I am all the time. Like, mm. And sometimes I am like, hey, what up? And sometimes I'm like, yo, we got to pay attention. Yo, Like, I'm not a dummy, but I play dumb. And I got to stop doing that. That's something I'm working on. I was going to ask her a question about what she said previously about respectability politics. Because that's what they call it when somebody tries to act more hoity than they really are. Have you ever missed out on an opportunity or a friendship because you refuse to play respectability politics? Because I know you get heavily judged for it, even though you clearly have moved past it. Um, Probably. I don't know. Don't give a fuck. If if I missed out on it, it wasn't for me. It wasn't a miss out. It was, a, you know, like I like this is my favorite thing to say. My rejection is my protection. protection. Yep. The rejection is my protection because it wasn't for me. I wasn't supposed to be in that anyway. So I'm glad. And, then, you know, and, I'm and, and, and and you know, that applies to men or relationships you never got. You know, I look back. Yeah, I lost 83 pounds. I was a little thick, maybe fat, whatever. I didn't get you. But you know what? I look back at you now. God didn't want your sorry ass in my life. So my big ass didn't get you. But guess what? <laughs> I'm still good. You know, I'm Man. just tired of people. I'm just tired of people sitting around 
uh, uh, sad over shit they didn't get when you when there's so much more out there that you could be getting. I want to get back to you. You said you said you play dumb. Where does that? Where you feel like that came from? Where you feel like you maybe had to minimize yourself for? Like, where, where did that come from in your past? Oh, uh, that came from you know. Uh, I'm a stand up comedian, right? And that's a man's world. Mm. And when I noticed that when I would you know express my intelligence or say that like drop the knowledge jewels that I have or gems that I have. These men would try to belittle me, make me feel bad, you know, they or they would like not have me around. But if I played dumb, if I played like ignorant or like I don't know what they're talking about or like, uh, you know, just like kind of a little ditzy or just like really silly, mm. then they want me around. Then they give me opportunities. But once they started realizing it's like if they realize right off the top that I'm a businesswoman, I understand this hustle. I'm like, you know, um, it's going to be a, it would be a problem for me. It, it was a, a threat, definitely. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I become a threat as opposed to, oh, that's cute little tip. That's my little sis, you know? So I said, okay. I, I, when I play stupid though, they like, hey, you want to do this show? You want to do this? They think they can, you know, they, they will that's put crazy. me in places. They will invite me to things because she's silly. She's fun, you know? Um, and I am silly and fun. That is a part of me, but I'm also highly intelligent and I can hold a conversation with anybody at any time. You know, but sometimes I would like dumb it down. Let them think I'm dumb for right now. Mm -hmm. Let them like, I want to speak up. Let's just be quiet for a moment and then get their ass later. <laughs> Wait, you know what? You know what? Uh, we, we, we go to dinner often and we went to our spot and had dinner. Me, you and two of my cute friends one night mm -hmm. and we, we got to talk. We got to talking about micro penises. And I oh. know that I had cheated on my boyfriend with somebody with a micro penis, and that was really God showing up. Like motherfucker, I told you stop playing around. You, I, I try to get you to denounce micro penises with me, and you said that you was okay with a micro penis. I'm okay with not, not a micro. Micro penis. is two inches. Yeah, I can't can do you, that. Can, can, can you tell can the do... story? Can you tell the story about the Asian man, Mr. Kim? Woo, Mr. Kim. I wasn't, I wasn't going to say Mr. Kim's name. Look, there's a lot of Mr. Kim's in the world, okay? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> if, if, if Mr. Kim show up, I will be surprised because he was definitely way older than me at that time. But Mr. Kim, he had probably like a three, maybe a four inch. And that sex was bomb. Okay, it was, <laughs> that mug. He was feng shui in the coochie. He would be like, I'm like, oh, and he would. Ah, oh, it was so good. Because look, let's be honest. The average female vaginal canal only goes about six inches deep. Um, and then after that, they busting that cervix open, right? And then, and that's you don't want that kind of damage all the time to your cervix. But you know, my G spot, my spot is only about three inches in. Oh, you know? so and that's, that's perfect. It, that's good, good stuff. And the average female is about three, four, five inches in. So anything more than that is just like it's excess. It's too much. It's you know you you opening up things that shouldn't really be open until you give birth. So my my doctor my doctor reconstructed my stomach, and he said, "Don't worry about it. It'll just stretch." Is that not the same? Uh, it will it will stretch. It, it it will stretch, and it does it like does. it will snap back. But it does, like if you are constantly getting like that's like you know a rubber band. <laughs> A rubber band. <laughs> just 
<laughs> just working that thing. Rubber band will go back to a shape, right? But after so long, if that thing keep on getting open, open, that rubber band will slowly, slowly, slowly be open a little more, a little more, a little more. And your cervix is not designed to be getting um, pummeled constantly. Uh, you can get like you can, and don't quote me on this. Uh, I remember reading it somewhere. I read a lot of different books. You can get like cervical cancer and different situations going on with that cervix if it keep on getting you know punked. But from big penises, uh oh, uh oh. Take take three fingers, right? Keep this like this. Keep doing this shit. Do that for thirty minutes. Do that for thirty minutes. Wait, but but wait, but then shit. But if you have, if you have, if you have a, but then this is my thing to women. Okay, and this is coming from the captain of the gay community. Listen, women, you have to take up, you have to take up anal sex because if you have a man that has eight nine inches, if your cervix can't take that kind of abuse, at least anally you can please him once a week. I mean, he don't have to put it all the way up in there, and uh-uh. or, or uh-uh. he don't have to put it. Or you sit on it, and you control how much you could take, and or that's what that throat do. You know, <laughs> you got two hands, two hands and through, then there's that. You know what I'm saying? Um, there's there's ways to look in there, and you get on him and you look him in his eyes and be like, ooh, <laughs> <laughs> um, ooh, you, I mean, you can make shit work. Um, but me personally, uh, I know where my spot is. I know what I like. I have had plenty of big ones. I had one that was so big, my uterus got tilted, and I threw up and all the shit. Like, I, I just, I just, no, I can't no more. I'm, when wait, I was young, wait, 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 no, 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 wait, wait, I need a geography lesson. So when your uterus oh. gets tilted. That's not how that works, Jason. That's not how that word works. Wait, 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 wait. well, I, it's not like geography. How does, how does, how do you tilt the, the anatomy, ge, ge, the geometry? Yeah, now. now we're talking about geometry. angle. When you, when you, when you, when you tilt the uterus, that, are you rearranging organs? Because that sounds painful. It is painful, um, and some women like that pain. Some people like pain; they they want that. Um, those are people that didn't get their ass beat growing up. That's how I see it. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, <laughs> I personally don't like it, um, but yeah, it's. You can hit that cervix the like you hit the cervix the wrong way, or if that penis go all the way up in there and kind of like hit this way, do you know you throwing this shit this way that way? You know, it's soft tissue that's holding. First of all, the uterus is all soft tissue, and it's soft tissue that's holding that is in place. It's fascia that's connecting it, little ligaments and things connecting it. It's to, called fascia. You know, fascia is that like that. It's it's uh like that uh you you ever see chicken? Mm-hmm. Chicken when yes. you pull the skin back from the chicken and that webbing. By the way, with my new diet, I don't eat chicken. So that just made me a little queasy. But look, you know what? Uh, I love Every the fact that you had fascia. <laughs> I, love the, I love the fact that you let Mr. Kim live with dignity after he showed you a three-inch <laughs> penis. Because that, he that ain't... He made like crazy. I so, I mean, best orgasms. He wasn't the best sex ever. Roscoe was the best sex ever, but... Yeah, he made me come a lot. So, you know, Roscoe? Ros- Ros- Roscoe, Roscoe's the guy in her book. I think he got one arm, right, or something like that. He got a little. He's handicapped. He's disabled. Got a little, a little bird arm. Yeah. I remember Roscoe. Oh wow! <laughs> okay, look. So wow. you recently, uh, not too long ago, cut your hair. We haven't interviewed you since you cut your hair. Um, and I remember when you called and said, "I'm about to cut my hair off," and I'm like, uh, "No, you're not." 
And then can you please tell the story when you call Common to tell him you were going to cut your hair, please? Okay, so yeah. So I had been talking about it for a long time. And um, I told him, I called him and was like, yeah, today's the day. I'm cutting my hair off today. They said I got to take my braids out. That's going to take hours to do. And I got to wear these wigs and all this stuff. And I'm just like, you know what? Forget it. I'm cutting my hair off. And he was like, well, if that's what you want to do, if you if that must, if that that's what makes you feel good. And I cut my hair off. And then um, I was like, go look at my live. I cut it off online. online. And he was like, you did? You did? I said, yep. And then I called him on a FaceTime and let him see me. He was like, you look beautiful. You look absolutely That's what's up. I love that. I can see you. Like, you look beautiful. He was like, how do you feel about it? I was like, I love it. I love it. (laughs) I'm so happy about it. And uh, it felt good. But what I love the most about that, though, was, you know, I know you're a successful actress. It's in my head. I know that. Uh, I know you're a successful author. I get your career and all that. But I, I literally see you just as a strong, confident black woman. And for you in the height of your career, in a new relationship with a man who's actually more bald than you, uh, <laughs> to just cut your hair off with complete uh, courage and strength. Because I feel like a lot of women find strength in what people think about their hair and it's particularly black women which i don't understand because uh i don't know what that is but where did you get the courage and the strength to not be defined by your hair and just to say fuck it i'm doing it because it grows back bro hair grows back right um it might not grow back as fast as you wanted to or the texture that you wanted to or whatever but it grows back and you know um it it breaks off all the time. Now, it would be different if I was like, I'm going to shave a piece of my skin off. Like, like that. <laughs> and that goes back to it, but still, like, that's, no. I, but I wanted to see my, I wanted to see me. And, like, all the all those years of, like, doing my hair and how thick it is and coarse it is and, like, combing it, combing my arms would be tired. Wearing those braids and putting those weaves in, it would hurt my head and it would be hanging and it's, like, so uncomfortable. And I would have the worst attitudes because my hair is being pulled too tight or the pins from the wigs are stabbing you all in the head. And it's just like, it's so uncomfortable. And I think when I think back about how painful that stuff was and then like how people say, oh, black women aren't patient. They're impatient. We are the most patient creatures on this planet. All the things that we go through with our hair alone. Talk about it. (laughs) It is so, it was so stressful. And then like, you're working on these movie sets and they don't want to give you the hair person that you want, right? That you know knows how to do or work with your hair. And then you got this person that's never touched 4C hair trying to press it and they're burning you. Or they're like, I have so many burn marks on the back of my ears and the back of my neck. Like, just like, why am I torturing myself to look mm. like this white woman, to look like this Mexican lady, to look like this Brazilian bitch? Like, I need to look like me. And, and, you know, it was like so funny because everybody's like, oh, when, when it's all, if you cut it off, like, if you don't like it, I guess you could throw wigs on. And like, I would throw a wig on and I'm like, well, I don't feel comfortable like that no more. I feel comfortable seeing my little nappy curls come up, or my bald ass scalp. Like that made me feel like, dang, you know, this is the guy, this is the original edition of what God made. <laughs> like. You know, that's how I feel like. And I and uh and it's enough and and it's enough and it doesn't require enhancements and doesn't require all these other things. In fact, I don't even remember you just just before the show, you were showing me 
on FaceTime pictures and videos of you from before, and I don't even remember you with hair no more. I'm like, I remember that. Right. And it feels, you know what else? It's like when I took the hair off, I started losing all this weight. I done lost 40 pounds, right? And I'm losing, and I'm losing Congratulations. I, in my mind, I want the body of Flojo. I want that strength. I want that body. I want that kind of like health, you know? Just that I want to be strong like that. I want to run fast like that. I want to feel good in my flesh, right? That's actually very <laughs> common. That's actually very common. I've shaved my head three times, and every time I shave my head, um, it feels like a spiritual awakening, and I lose a lot of weight because of it. So that's actually really common when you shave your head to lose weight. You know why you also lose a lot of weight? Because you ain't worried about- your head, about, your head oh, is big. Oh, I got to do them. I'm going to sweat out my edges. I'm exactly. Gonna, <laughs> I don't want to sweat because I'm going to mess up my hairdo, like- Oh. Like, I sweat, I, all that. No, I just walk in the shop, let the water hit my head. It feels so good. You're making <laughs> like, me miss that feeling. If I come back with a shaved head, Jason, you can blame it on Tiffany. Shave it, boy. Oh, hey, hey, you can the come in. This, I, I, listen, I worked on I worked on wilding out with a man who wore a turban. If you come up here with a shaved head, I, I've seen it all. Okay. No, but look, Tiffany, you've talked a lot about Flo Joe, um, and you've talked about her before. Why? Why is she sort of like a compass for? good health or uh, or the things that you feel about her? Well, first of all, to me, she's like my shero. Uh, because of her watching her, first of all, okay, this black woman, she met a black man, okay, who nurtured her, they it, it nurtured her, guided her, trained her, loved her unconditionally, and she won a gold medal. And she, she's the fastest woman still to this day, even though she's passed away, the fastest woman ever, or is recorded anyways. And she would always, I, I didn't even realize this till later, till just like maybe three months ago, I found an old videotape of her that I had. I didn't even realize I had it. And I, I used to, like when I was running track in high school, I used to watch her all the time. I used to watch her videos, watch her on the news. If if I knew she was going to be on a TV show, I was watching it because she she set the marker for like Serena Williams. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like as mm-hmm. far as endorsements goes, fashion, she made a female athlete be a beautiful thing and still oh, no. be a woman. She was beautiful. Right? She had her nails done every uh, she time blind. she ran. I mean, she was she was gorgeous. Yeah, she did her own nails. She did her own hair. She did her makeup. She designed and, and sold her own uniforms for those track meets. She came up with that concept of cutting that leg off on that one thing. And then you know what's so funny to me? They're like, oh, she's out here scandalous, scantily dressed with that one leg out while everybody else got their shorts up their ass and coochie print shown. <laughs> including, including Caitlin when she was running. She she had the movie <gasps> short. Yeah, Caitlin. Wait, Caitlin. Jason. <laughs> she didn't run Caitlin. as Caitlin, Jason. You know what? No, that's how Caitlyn want to be recognized. Okay. Yes. Let's be honest. That's so, woman of the year. Never yes, played a day. But she in didn't life. run as. Okay, you know what, y'all? No, 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 no. She was dressed as Bruce, but she was running as Caitlyn. But we are gonna leave that alone. Anyway, so now that you, you're a ma- you're a master manif- manifester, as Blue would say, why don't you, you very much are. Why don't you produce a film or a documentary or something? Because, I mean, you literally anything. My transformation now, like, I'm documenting that. I'm definitely creating a documentary about just, like, how I'm, like, taking my health in my own hands. I've been running every day, training all the time. I went ahead and put forth the effort, and I met Al Joyner. 
Flo, Florence Griffin Joyner's husband. And I've been working with mm-hmm. him. He's been training me. Now I want to run in a track and field meet. And you go from that because, like, I mean, my brain, I'm a visionary. Okay, I'm, I think of myself as a visionary and, you know, and also I just really believe that, you know, in the Bible, in every single religion, it says we are created in God's image. Right. And if God was able to create us and look at us, we're humans. We're so awesome. We're awesome creatures. We make cool things. No other creature on this earth can do what we do. Maybe some things, but not all. The, like we're freaking all we build fucking buildings, yo. Like we're cool. And so I'm like, if I use my mind, like. And I've never seen a celebrity in a track meet. I've never seen that. Mm-hmm. So I would like, I've never seen a movie star do that. I want to be in what, a track meet. So what I event would you hurdle. do? We was up at UCLA one time and they had the shot put team out there. And I was like, oh, can I shot put right quick? I used to be real. I went to city and shot put. And I, I like threw the shot put out there. And the coach for UCLA was like, would you want to consider coming back to school? Would you like to come back to school? I said, I ain't never went to college, but if you want me to come here, y'all got to pay me like so much money <laughs> to be a student here because I make money and colleges pay me to be there. Wait, now. <laughs> to do wait, now, You got to pay me to be on this team. Now, where were you just at? You were in Afghanistan or Istanbul. Where were you? I was in Budapest. That's why you need some geometry, man. I Ge- mean, no, it's Tiffany, geography. no, geography. Don't act like him. It's geography. Geography. geometry. <laughs> now, look, you were just, when we, we talked when you were out there and you were doing the movie with Nicolas Cage and you had suffered jet lag and you had a rough day. Yeah. And you had a rough day. But you're, you were so, what I loved, in, tell the story what you told me about the first day or whatever on set. Okay, so... I was jet lagged on set. I'm doing this movie with Nicolas Cage. I admire Nicolas Cage a lot. I think he's a phenomenal actor. I think he's really great. And I always see him like bring himself to the table, right? And so I was super excited about working with him. I knew all my lines. I knew everything, right? So back when I was 17, I went to go see that movie Face Off, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I have a story about this. And, and I just kept, I couldn't remember. Like, it was just crazy. So I tell Nicholas, I say, look. I have to tell you a story. It's very inappropriate. <laughs> and I probably shouldn't tell it, but there is no way we're going to make it through this day if I don't get this off my spirit right now. I have to tell you. He's like, go ahead and tell me. Tell me tell me what it is. I'm like, are you sure? I was like, because it's very inappropriate, but I have to tell you. He's like, tell me, tell me. That's okay. So back when I was 17, I went to go see your movie Face Off. And I went with the guy. We were on a date. And it was... The theater was pretty empty, and we were sitting way, way in the back, at the back of the theater. And it was my first time making out with the guy in the movie theater. And it was my first time getting finger banged in a movie theater. And I had closed my eyes. And when I opened my eyes, there you were with your piercing blue eye, like right in the right in the screen, looking into my eyes as I'm like, ugh. And so every time you look at me in my eyes, you make me think of that guy. And I couldn't remember his name. And now all I keep hearing is his name in my head. <laughs> and, uh, you did not say you did not say that on the first day on set. That's an yes, icebreaker. I did. And it then, sure the hell is. <laughs> and then Nicholas started busting up laughing. He was like, he's like, oh, my God. I said, yeah. So my first time getting finger bang was in face off. And you were looking right and directly into my eyes. And I was like, uh, <laughs> like, oh my. And he's like, like laughing so hard. And he goes, you know, that's crazy. That's the crazy story. You know, my first wife, my first wife, you know, she said when 
she first saw me in a movie. She was on a date and she told the guy, that's going to be my husband. That's going to be my husband. And then we ended up getting married. I was like, yeah, we're not getting married. That, that's definitely <laughs> hey, not what <laughs> Definitely not what I was saying. I was it's just, I just wanted to get that off my chest because every time I look in your eyes, I think of that moment. I remember that. And so um, now we can do the scene. And then, it, then the day went better. But it was really, it was a hard day for me. Like, I felt like it was... I was feeling like before I told him that it was feeling like I never acted before in my life. I was like, oh, my God, right? they're paying me all this money and I suck. Oh, this is horrible. And once I told him that, it was like like a reboot. And I was still like flubbing a little bit here and there. But for the most part, it went well. Like it was perfect after that. And I remember I, a- yeah, I remember I asked you if you were playing a comedian in the movie and you said no. I'm not doing nothing funny in it. I'm not funny at all. Mm. I'm like. Yeah, not funny at all. I can't say exactly what it is I do, but I'm not funny at all. That's not my job in this movie. Not it's not to be funny. So, well, well, this is well, we have something in common. Uh, I'm not going to be funny right now either. And since I said common, I forgot to ask you. Uh, you know, recently when you were <laughs> over there, when you were over there in Chechnya, we you called me because they had put a story. Who the past? Chechnya. I didn't stay. I didn't stay in school. <laughs> When you, you had called because they had put a story out that you and Common broke up and you wanted to clear it up that it wasn't true. Why why you think people are meddling and trying to create mess? Because I ain't got shit else to talk about mm. or they mad that black people love each other. Mm. Talk about Next. it. I mean, I read the comments. People are like, if Tiffany would just shut up and stop telling all the damn business, she's telling all the business. So if I'm not talking about it, Cause I would tell it, I would go live and be like, "So this pussy's open. She's single now. Line up, fellas!" Like I would do that. So like, if I didn't do that, what? Don't don't go out there. Don't don't start making up stuff. Cause I will put it out there. I'm very good for like telling my truth. And if I'm single, I'm going to make. Yes, you do are. you and do do you and Rashid have you guys talked about marriage or kids or anything like that? Um, we've had conversations about it, and we both are in agreement that there's no rush on that. Hmm. Um, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't want nothing coming out of me. And it, that would be that would be like all God's plan. Like that would be like God saying, "Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna break down this birth control. I'm gonna break down these condoms. I'm gonna break like He would have to break down the sperm. Like He would have to break down all the like God would have to be. That would be a magical miracle, baby. <laughs> um, but. Uh, <laughs> mm-mm. Not my plan, but um, but if it's God's plan, it's God's plan. But and we've we've talked about marriage. Uh, not really. That's not really something I'm like running for right now. I just want to enjoy my like enjoy a relation, a healthy relationship for now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's this. I feel like he's on the same page with that. I, I believe so. Uh, I don't think he's running to try to get married either. We're just enjoying each other and growing, and that's great. If you do get married, could I please get an invitation? I mean, we could show up and help the caterers bring uh, stuff in. You know you're going to be at the wedding. The things. You know you're going to be there. All right, look, <laughs> Tiffany, um, I'm coming to your wedding. So just tell Rashid, make some room for me. I'll bring the grits. No, grits, uh, I don't even like grits. I'm going to bring <laughs> the gumbo. <laughs> Plus two. Just bring just bring yourself in some, in good times. That's and It'll a, be great. And if a hot that happens. And a hot ass date. Yes, if that happens. All right. Well, listen. You know I love you, and um, I appreciate you always showing up and supporting me. And I appreciate you 
giving me good advice when I'm ready to burn somebody's house down. And thank you for calling me with Kevin Hart on the phone so I could hear his heart and he could hear mine. And hopefully one day we will see him on the show because I fuck with Kevin. Uh, he may not like me all the way yet, but once he meets me, he will love me. I know he will. I know he will. I love right. you. Love you, Tiffany. Thank you so much. I said I love you. Okay, good. You said I love I you. Said I said I love you. Damn. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you later. All right. Talk Bye. to you later. Good seeing you, Blue. Good seeing you, Damage. Lovely meeting Bye. you. All right, look, that was a great show. And make sure you keep coming back because we got all types of amazing interviews and topics that are going to make you go crazy. Uh-huh, that's right. That means like, subscribe, do everything you need to do to make sure you stay up to date with what we got going on. And ladies, stay tuned in because you know I have your back. And listen, make sure that you're commenting below because even though I say I don't read it on the show, that's all I do when it's over. Peace. Mm -hmm.